Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we have to discuss the NWSL and NWSLPA release joint investigation results and the fallout of the investigation results. So it's probably going to be a little bit of a lengthy episode because there's some things that we have got to go through. But a quick reminder, just know that you can always come to us, Attacking Third, for all your breaking news, analysis, post-game, pre-game soccer coverage. We're keeping you filled in on everything that you need to know about women's soccer. And A3 has been nominated for the Signal Award for Best Individual episode huge honor so thank you fans please vote for us it would mean so so much just want to let you know that there is a link in this episode description and there's a qr code floating around so make sure you hit that too in case you need uh, all kinds of ways to figure out how to vote for us please please vote and um good morning good morning to you lisa good morning to everyone in the chat how you doing today buddy uh, I am good. Um, I'm glad that we have results, right? I'm glad that there has been um, a, a release of this and report of all the results because this has been going on for like a year and a half, but over a year um, with the investigation that's happened. And it was incredibly heavy. Uh, the timing of it was a little interesting, dropping in the middle of the World Cup. But um these are how we move forward, right? We have to get the investigation results. We have to get the response. We have to get the next steps with them. We have to read these really hard articles and and reports about how hard it is to to be a player in the league and everything that these players have gone through. But that's how we take steps forward. And that's how we continue to grow the league and grow the game. So it's challenging. It's hard. It's sad. It's frustrating. Um, it hurts. But this is how we grow, right? And and to be here with you to talk about it helps me a little bit. Um, and to be here to kind of break it down with people joining us live on YouTube. Thank you, everyone that's joining us. Um, we're hoping to answer some of your questions that you had and fill you in on everything because this is how we continue to grow the game, right? By by making it better and making it a safe workplace for the athletes. How are you today, Sandra? I mean. I think we can all be better, right? But I yeah. think uh, day by day, I think yesterday, com- or I think today compared 
to yesterday feels a little bit different having mm-hmm. um having some time to sit uh with everything but i think that's what i think i'm left with with all this that it wasn't just yesterday right we're we're talking about months and months and months yeah. over over a year long process um to get to this point i believe when all the news dropped it, they put the timeline of, of a 14 month long investigation and for me sort of reading that number on it it's just it's just the investigation right yeah. i think we can go back further i think that's the the layer of sadness of it for for me where it's like actually <laughs> um the investigation may have taken you know 14 months but we're talking going back even 16 18 months where there was you know these these preliminary national reports right um out of the washington post with you know kai mccullough coming forward and and yep. already speaking about uh things like verbal abuse or emotional abuse or undergoing um you know racial abuse you know by a head coach in, in washington spirit and um as we've gone through what feels like so many of these now, there's also the, the, the commonality that this has been generational, right. In terms of all of these very sad and, and horrible things that players have had to go through that while so much of the emphasis, especially within this final report has, has been a big focus on NWSL. I think what a lot of people have seen if they weren't privy to that before is how much of this crosses over different eras of women's professional soccer. Right. Um, So I think yesterday's result, I think for some people might, might feel, you know, final. I think there was a lot of discussion in the lead up to the release of this result is there were many clubs, even um, the players association. A, a lot of it was, was getting pointed back to this investigation. A lot of, a lot of phrasing where it's like, we're going to wait until the results of the, yeah. Yeah. The joint team investigation. We have to wait until the in, joint team investigation is concluded. We, we have to withhold further. You know, there was a lot of pointing to this one thing, this one moment, um, and now, now it's fully released. Now we're here. Now it's out there. Now we're here. Now we're here to talk about it, right? So um, it's just interesting to sort of maybe take that uh, first step in, in talking about this. Because, I mean, Lisa, you and I were, were in D.C. to cover the championship final. And even, even there, we're talking October. So we were a few weeks out from the U S soccer commission investigate uh, independent investigation by Sally Q Yates into, you know, allegations of, of, of abuse within women's pro soccer. And then there's an NWL championship just at the, mm-hmm. the end of that, that month. So you have a, a topper and a capper for October and, and com- NWL commissioner, Jessica Berman um, had made the rounds right. In, in terms of availability and making herself available to, to speak to, to various outlets, to media, to, to supporters. Um, and within her state of the league address talked about this, this joint investigative uh, report. And she said at the time uh, that the outline was a sort of a three pronged approach that it first, it was seeking the truth. Second was going to be corrective action. And third, systemic reform. So that I think what we saw in the news drop yesterday 
was that third step. Um, they want to have all of that, you know, moving forward. So um, I think that was one of the things that people were also looking for in in this release, uh, that you've got all of these, this, this full report, it's accessible, it's out there if folks want to read it. Um, we will just continue the same um, phrasing that everyone else has been using because we believe believe in it that you should take it in and in your own discretion. It's not an easy read. None of these reports yeah. have been easy reads. There's a lot of um, that was like one of my biggest things that NWSLPA put it in their statement. It is a hard but necessary yeah. read. I echo that. Yeah, and we do too. So I mean, there's um, there are links to it. You know, we. We have something up on CBS, uh, uh, CBS Sports. If people need, uh, if they need a version that isn't so jarring, that's up there. Uh, but there's also links to that um, as as well. Um, in terms of, in terms of what what this is, right? We're talking maybe a little bit about the timeline of things. Um, this joint investigation, uh, investigative report, really came out of this collaborative effort. Um, between two parties, the league and the players association. And as we're taking a little, a little bit of a look at things chronologically, um, one of the things that we've been covering over the, uh, over the past uh, year or so is uh, how, how this joint team investigation came to light. And I know you remember Lisa, I mean, it was October, 2021 and we saw players, um, participate in like on-field demonstrations. They were holding a minute of, of silence. They were, um, they issued uh, le uh, the league uh, some demands. And within those demands, it included the the investigation that they wanted to have a very thorough joint investigation. Um, and within that, the league immediately obliged. So at, the, at that time, I believe the league had already co uh, hired Covington and Burling to conduct an investi uh, independent investigation, but the Players Association wanted an investigation of their own as well. Yeah. So that's when the Players Association, they got Wheel, Gottschall, and Man Mangis for their own PA investigation. But um, at this point, the NWSLPA was also uh, demanding – uh, things for the league to change, right? They were issuing their list of demands that they wanted from the league in order to to move forward and have player prote protection when it was protect the players last year in October. Um, so at that point was when the two investigations decided to combine and move forward with that because um, they, they could get a lot done. And, and I think um, – now that we have these results, as you mentioned, Sandra, so much of it was these clubs saying, hey, we're going to wait to the results. We're going to wait for this. We're going to wait for this. I mean, even you think back to uh, James Clarkson, former head coach of Houston Dash in April of 2022, um, James Clarkson was suspended. And we haven't heard anything until right now when this results dropped about what happened Um and this report, it does it focuses on uh, former North Carolina Courage and Portland Thorns head coach Paul Riley, uh, Port, uh, Rory Dames, former Chicago Red Stars head coach, and Christy Holly, the former Racing Louisville head coach. Um, they're the big focus, and they were also the big focus in the U.S. Soccer independent investigation that was led by Sally Q. Yates that was released in October. And that investigation was separate from this joint one by the league and the PA, but one of the most – shocking 
things about this report to me is that um, it didn't just focus on those those three coaches, Riley, Dames, and Holly that that were namely um, named in the Yates report, but it includes seven other former head coaches, um, assistant coaches, for, former general managers. Um, it involved so many different clubs, the ma- a majority of the clubs, past and present. And the fact that this investigation covers so much that it was from the past, too. It's not just stuff that has already been reported. There are so many things that are newly reported in this that have not had the public attention as some of the, the coverage of what Paul Riley, Rory Dames, and Christy Holly have done. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that was one of my um, headspaces yesterday too. It's like shocking, not necessarily, but still horrific and incredibly upsetting. Like there at this point in time, just going through the timeline of things, I don't think it should surprise anybody that there's somebody like, Paul Riley or Portland Thorns or Chicago Red Stars or Arnhem Whistler or Rory Dames or Christy Holly racing Louisville. those, those sort of targeted kind of, you know, that's the correct word, not targeted. Those sort of names, those sort of clubs that have been um, kind of these focal points um, in terms of these investigations that, that part I think isn't, um, isn't surprising for, for folks. I think at this point, I think it's still incredibly difficult to have to reread and go through various traumas, you know, within those organizations and, um, you know, by those, by those parties. But the fact that within this joint investigative report, uh, we get more details and information about how it's essentially in every club um, problematic issues everywhere. And I don't think it's, it's, it shouldn't be surprising that when we're talking about a franchise like the Thorns, we're talking about Paul, Paul Riley's time with that club that all that in North Carolina terrible behaviors and terrible things occurred with Paul Riley in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's almost like predictable. And it's so sad that mm-hmm. this person went from one franchise and one club in one area into another. And you have more players speaking about traumatic things that they endured under that former head coach's tenure. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's one of those very direct lines, those two very clear dots that you can connect as problematic. And it's, it's just this continuity. It's another example to where you could see where it's like, if you don't take care of your players in phase one, yeah. Something else happens and there's a phase two. So it's in, in that sense, it's just like, I think for me, for folks who, for whatever reason, have been trying to process these types of things and they've perhaps fallen short on connecting those lines. Yeah. This is one of those things that they can look at and say, hey, there was a bad thing that happened here 
and it was not taken care of and players' safety was not a priority. And look what happened in other areas. And it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just unfortunately for me, for me, I can't speak for everyone, for me, is it surprising and, and shocking? No, but it is still so, so sad. Yeah, I, I think like that's important to to talk about because um, as you mentioned, Paul Riley continued coaching in the league after numerous reports. And that was all detailed in the Yates report. And it is again detailed um, in this joint investigation by the league and the PA. But the fact that he continued to coach at North Carolina and continued to do the same things that he was reported for doing at three previous clubs um, uh, under many different ownership and, and general managers, all with whom were until very recently still employed by their clubs and owners in this league. Um, and the fact that this player now felt comfortable enough to come forward in this investigation and say, hey, we're, we're hoping to make changes. That is incredibly brave. That is incredibly strong of these players to put their name on a report like this and say, this happened to me because – um, the what happened and and with Paul Riley at North Carolina, um, everything from sexual misconduct and inappropriate relationships with players and blurring of these professional boundaries, um, statements, inappropriate statements about players' weight and body types and other emotional misconduct leading to eating disorders of players. And it, it's so frustrating to think that this could have been stopped years ago. Years ago, if the reports that these players submitted to pe persons in charge and leadership were done correctly, right? And those correct steps were taken. And there's so much in this report um, in, in terms of the clubs that are involved, North Carolina Courage, Portland Thorns, Houston Dash, Kansas City Current, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, formerly known as Sky Blue FC, OL Reign, Orlando Pride, Utah Royals FC, and the Washington Spirit, as well as uh, the conduct that is listed in this report. Um, sexual abuse, manipulation, those have been widely reported, right, in yeah. the Yates report that came out, but also um, – mocking players' bodies, pressuring players to lose unhealthy amounts of weights, um, crossing professional boundaries, creating volatile and manipulative working conditions, using derogatory and insulting language, displaying yeah. insensitivity towards players' mental health, engaging in retaliation against players who attempted to report or did report. And that's something that's so key to this too, that there was retaliation and, and there still was the scare of retaliation. Yeah. But the misconduct, this was a quote from, from the report, the misconduct against players has occurred at the vast majority of NWSL clubs at various times from the earliest years of the league until the present, until this very yeah. year, 2022, in the 10th season of uh, the 10th year of the league. And that to me is insane. It is insane. And I know you said that it's not as shocking. Um, maybe I'm still naive in this, the fact that we cannot believe players. We cannot trust their word. We cannot yeah. We cannot say, hey, when they say, hey, I want to be traded from this club, not ask why. That was also detailed in this um, under Paul Riley at North Carolina. Players saying, hey, I want to be traded. I don't want to be here. And ownership and people in charge not asking, why do you want to leave? Why don't you want to be coached by Paul Riley? Instead, just saying, 
you can't go anywhere. That's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Ten, a 10 year old league and, and <laughs> undergoing various reports. And I mean, we were talking about um, Clarkson, right. Or Orlando pride and, and Cromwell and green. And, and these were things that occurred in, in this season, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, I don't know if it's, you know, like you said, if it's naive, I think it's just jarring sometimes. Yeah. It's just almost just jarring to the point where you just sort of feel like, why, why, <laughs> like, why didn't you listen to these players? Why weren't they, why weren't they and their concerns taken seriously? Why, yeah, why, that, why, why, that's why, the right? jarring part. That's the shocking and the jarring part. Honestly, not that it happened because this is a systemic issue and it's yeah. happened in youth soccer and all the way up to the professionals. And we already know how yeah. horrible the people some of the people that are involved are and how horrible that the conditions were and yeah. and all of this the the thing that is most shocking and most frustrating is that um nothing was done until now well, frankly nothing still is done at this yeah. point right these are just the results of the investigation yes there was an investigation done but that is due large in part to the players and the PA coming forward and saying, we demand change. We demand working conditions where we are not scared to come to work. We are not scared to talk to our employers about our working conditions due to retaliation of getting treated, of getting benched. We are not forced into eating disorders and sexual misconduct. Um, And that is why this investigation happened because the players were brave enough to stand up and say this and, and put their, careers on the line um and yeah. do this and and for that i mean thank you to those players right who came forward and were so so incredibly brave and continue to do that yeah absolutely i mean it's <laughs> it's a it's appalling the the list really that you can go down of things that like players have sort of gone through and endured um over this span of time you know whether we're talking about sexual coercion, misconduct, abuse, verbal, mental, emotional abuse. My God, homophobia mm-hmm. within that. Um, racial. Yeah, racism. Yeah. Racism. 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 It's like we have to keep talking about that because that has absolutely fallen behind. I think in terms of when, and how this has been discussed and how this has been reported and how this has been talked about, you have um, – a very good, capable, strong, um, you know, players in this league who have tried very hard to ensure that that component, that level of abuse shouldn't go undetected, shouldn't go unchecked, shouldn't go unnoted. Um, And yet it still constantly sort of falls by the wayside. There's this, there's this weird sort of concept that, as player, the players in this league are affected collectively by things like, you know, pay equity issues or things like, you know, um, harassment or sexual harassment or, you know, inappropriate, um, you know, comments in, in, in the workplace and how like there's this weird sort of blanketed thing where it's like, oh, this affects all of us. But you know what doesn't affect everybody and only affects some players? Racism. And it was very difficult to sort of navigate and look at all these things being laid out 
in terms of player experience. And that was heartbreaking for me, that there are some things here that players have gone through that some of their teammates can never understand yeah, or can never actually grasp. Um, there are, there are players in this league who are not going to know what it means to navigate this world as a black athlete, just full stop. And there are experiences that they have that they will not hopefully ever have to go through again. And I think like with this, this report, I think for me, when we're looking at those next steps, um, that was something that I was immediately trying to to look for um, coming out of, of these releases for, you know, statements from, from the league. Um, I think for a lot of people finally getting to, to see this report or try to sit with it and know that they can go through it and see a ton of different clubs and, the fact that they've had to go through through various investigations. I think I also saw that on the timeline as well. There are folks out there who are like, oh, no, not my club. And, you know, got to give those folks, I think, you know, equal amount of space to, to try to process that as well. But yes, your club. Yeah. <laughs> yes, every club, honestly. Every club. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think that was something you could just sort of see, like in those sort of kind of reactions, you could sort of see, well, like, wow, like there's going to be some things here where people really maybe need to take that time and sit with it um, and and process it. And that was that was really something that we heard coming out of yesterday's uh, release a lot, too, that there was a lot of like, please <laughs> read the report, take your time with it and try to process it as much as you can. And um, I think I think that as well, Lisa, I think you and I were also sort of struggling with that as well, because we we've, we've discussed um, you know, the timing in which this report uh, was dropped. You know, we're, we're recording this. We're going live with everyone on Thursday morning, December 15th. And and the uh, the report was released um, Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right in the middle of a World Cup semifinal. Yeah. And I think I can't speak for all media. I don't think we could speak for all media. We can only kind of speak for ourselves. But I don't think it was so much about um, I don't think it was so much about the fact that it was dropped in the middle of a big game and oh no, we're being this is this is this is a distraction from a really big game and we just want to have fun and watch soccer. Like that's not it at all. Um it's uh I think it's a bit of a disservice. I think I think it's all the things that we've been talking about all year and how we're going to learn and how we're going to grow grow and and sort of get past all of this still sort of found this repetitive problematic thing where it's like you're dropping a very important thing um you know in in the middle of of something where it's not getting a lot of eyes or getting a, a lot of attention yeah yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like generate. when Chicago Red Stars announced that Rory Dames was uh, fired as their head coach, what, 11.59 midnight? Yeah, you choose the, – the timing isn't, isn't, isn't great, you know? And it also – I think <laughs> in a league that has been um, – in a league that has been really struggling and trying to get back trust with its core supporters – um and core audiences um 
and the issue of transparency. I think the league that's been struggling with that, I don't think that this did them any favors. Yeah. Um, and all of the sentiment about player first and player driven, you know, uh, movements and moments. Um, it's like, we've learned nothing because you've got, um, a soccer media landscape that, uh, wants to cover these things and that's a disservice to the players. It's a disservice to the players when, when the choice is made to release this in the middle of, a, of the world's on the world's, you know, one of the world's biggest events. Um, it, you saw a lot of like split attention and that and when you have that, that doesn't, that doesn't give the, you know, the appropriate time or eyes or care or access to, to such a big moment um, like that, because that was a big moment. Yeah. This, this, the results of this report getting released is a, is a very, very big moment. Um, and I think it's one of those moments that, that this league wants to point to and look at and say, Hey, this right here, this is actually the starting point. This is, this is the jump off point. Um, and we can actually go through and try to ensure that we're implementing, um, you know, appropriate, protocols and procedures to, to ensure that the players always remain safe. Um, and we got to talk about some of that. We got to talk about maybe what, what that is, what does it mean and what comes next? So let's take a quick break and everybody rejoin us back and we'll talk about what comes next from this report. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. We're chatting all about... The NWSL and NWSLPA joint investigation results. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about the fallout of those results. We definitely saw um, a series of statements throughout the league. Obviously, with the release of these results, the league issued their statement. We saw the NWSLPA also release a statement as well. We've seen um, Jessica Berman, Megan Burke, um, uh, hold a, a press conference. Uh, teams have released some statements. Only some teams, though. Only some teams have have released uh, statements at this point in time. Yeah, not every team has. Um, Houston, Washington Spirit, San Diego, Chicago Red Stars, Kansas City, um, Angel City also put out a little something. Those are teams that we have heard from, uh, mostly via their social media, saying, hey, this is what's happened. But um, I think some of the 
important fallout to talk about and, and kind of the results of this and then how it relates to kind of action that has already been taken or has taken place since the results of this have dropped. Um, one of those being about Houston Dash, former head coach James Clarkson. Uh, this was a coach that was suspended in late April of the 2022 season, right at the start of the 2022 season, um, due to this investigation and the results that were found. That's all that was put out. And uh, fans of Houston, NWSL fans, haven't heard anything until these results dropped. Um, and about Clarkson, the reports were concerning ongoing emo emotional misconduct and insensitivity, expressing that Clarkson would retaliate against them um, if he learned that they had raised complaints. Um, there was targeting players for excessive criticism, players reporting volatile moods, um, and an incident where they felt created culture that the joint investigation team describes, quote, dictated by fear and anxiety. So that's the results of uh, Clarkson and kind of what has happened there. And, and because of that, Houston Dash has not extended James Clarkson's contract as a head coach moving forward with him. So he is no, no longer coaching. Um, also, there were reports of former head coach of OL Reign, Freed Ben Sidi, in this uh, result as well. Um, saying horrible things to players and he was fired due to cause that we now have a little bit of understanding of what that cause is. Like it's, it's almost like hindsight. There were so many things that happened in the last two years in the league say that there was no answers to why this happened. And we weren't sure if we would ever get certain answers and some specific fix we will never get due to protecting the players. Right. And, and they're, anonymity and and what they choose to come forward with and put their face on. But that was another one. Freed Ben Cd. Um, he was fired in the middle of the 2021 season with OL Reign when when Laura Harvey then stepped in. Um, and also Kansas City, they're named in this result and in this report, excuse me, for their former head coach Hugh Williams, who then moved to the front office at the end of the 2021 season last year for the start of the 2022 seasons. Um, this results report saying that Williams treated players negatively. Um, they reported him and then he would retaliate against that, um, saying that um, they were going to be waived, traded, not re-signed. There was a lot of that happening of retaliation with Hugh Williams. Um, it just it, incredible like re results coming out of that. And then Kansas City making – um, an announcement saying that Kansas City uh, former head coach and GM Hugh Williams was no longer employed by the team effective in November of 2022. So uh, the club making that statement and saying that in re response to this result. Yeah, it's um, I think it's just the, it's the next day, right, when we're having this discussion. And I'm curious if we'll continue to see different collective statements, you know, out of clubs or updated statements. Um, you know, I know Angel City, I think they quote tweeted the players, um, the players mm -hmm. statement, you know, which is something. To, and we haven't seen a whole ton of uh, statements from, like I said, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think it's split a little bit, you know, in terms of who's, Maybe said something and who hasn't. And the Chicago Red Stars, you know, K Kansas City Current was late last night, and Chicago Red Stars was was earlier this this morning. So they've been 
rolled out these statements, I think, as, as the clubs have been sort of getting to them. But I think in, you know, for, for some folks out there, they're also looking at those statements and they're looking for those accountability points. They're mm-hmm. looking for those next steps as well. Um, and I think within Houston Dash, I think it's just one of these things where it's they waited to the results of this investigation. Yeah. Um, it turns out the the convenience of a of a contract is is going to sort of be the 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 final say in this. Um, so Clarkson's contract is set to expire at the end of this year, and they're just going to part ways. Um, and I think for for some folks, there's there's still that missing aspect of, of responsibility and accountability, maybe even on, on the Houston dash part, you know, what's that going to look like moving forward. And I think for a lot of clubs um, and well, really for all of the clubs and, and the league, I think that's what this, that's sort of what people are looking at. This is sort of what comes next, but I think so when something like this drops, I mean, it doesn't, a lot of these things that they want to implement, I don't think we're going to see, you know, just how much the protocols and processes are working until maybe we reflect on this even a year from now. You know, we have to certain when you have certain protocols or policies in place, they need to be in place for a certain amount of time and and, and be there so that they can work and function and do their job. Um, there wasn't an anti-harassment policy that existed in this league until April, 2021. Yeah. And so here comes an anti-harassment policy and and we can go back and, and, and rely on, on, on reporting that we saw in 2021, whether it was via the post or via the, via the athletic that in light of an anti-harassment policy existing, that players wanted to come forward and get previous circumstances investigated and you can't have one without the other. So um, I think in terms of like taking a look at just some of what the league has laid out at the moment, they want to initiate certain things ahead of the, the 2023 regular season. Some of the things I think within this are, again, when you look at some of the, the bullet points in here, and you and you kind of think to yourself, how did that not exist before? Yeah, you know, like there's this this whole thing where it's like, oh, we're going to establish new or revisit current policies, and that's going to include uh, a non fraternization policy. That's going to create like create clear boundaries and clear rules regarding romantic and or sexual relationships and or encounters between players and staff. Um, employment improve uh, employment approval policy to increase vetting requirements and expand its uh, applicability to additional new hires and alcohol policy to establish standards around alcohol use in social settings where players and uh, club staff are present. So like, you know, revisiting the handbook, the player handbook, what does that look like? Um, You know, how lengthy is that going to be? What's it going to include? Um, What type of additional uh, policies are, are going to, to be in there. So there's there's some things with it. It was like a dozen or 14 so points, but some of them within it, you're just kind of like, gosh, like can't believe that this year has been, that this league has been around for 10 years. Some of these things didn't exist. Or if they did exist, they were very bare bones and, and were not considerate of safety. 
Exactly. Yes. Like I think at this point, like you have to revisit everything in the handbook and, and kind of look at it and say, how can people get around this? Um, and, and how can this be covered up and how can this be, uh, tainted in, in the wrong way? Because that's exactly what happened. And, um, Perhaps at the start of this league, it was, I mean, it was, the players were told, just be grateful, be thankful that you have a league. Don't ruffle the feathers. Don't do anything wrong. So there weren't a lot of rules put in place because they wanted uh, to have this league last a long time and they thought that's what would do it. That's not at all what keeps this league around. It's the players continuing to play, continuing to um want to be professional athletes and it's the fans coming to games and doing things like that. It is not the constant cover up that is keeping this league around and keeping this league successful. So at this point, uh, the recommendations from this results and, and the key steps to move forward, it has to be look at what's already written down. Look at the rules that have already been put into place. Even the anti-harassment policy that was just put into place last year. Look at that again. How can that be taken out of context? What are we missing in that sense? Um, like an alcohol policy, the, as you mentioned, Sandra, the employee uh, employment approval policy to vet um, new hires, like, yes, that should have been in place in the first place, but it, I guess like this is how we move forward. It's it's incredible, incredible to think about some of these um, recommendations and and have housing for players that is different than coaching housing. That way, it, it, they're not living under the same roof in the same apartment complex. Um, uh, they shouldn't be at the same location. That's also written in there as some of these things to look at. But I think when I I looked at all of these things, all of these next steps that were recommended and suggested and, and will be looked at by the league, by the PA, by every single club moving forward. There's nothing like flip a switch and let's, let's move on because that's not how this works. It is so deep rooted. It is so systemic. It is getting the, the rot out of the house. You've got to have good bones in this league in order to move forward and to grow from it. And so much of this has been systemic and and so uh, been around for so long that getting these players out of or getting these people out of positions of power that have held these positions for so long that are not causing any good for the league or for the players, getting them out and then establishing how we can move forward in this is is difficult and it doesn't happen overnight, but these are the baby steps that need to be taken in order to do that. And it starts with trusting these players and, and protecting them and making sure they can go to work every day, not being scared of fired or to be waived or to not be believed or to be retaliated against. Um, and, and that's just after all the horrible things that have happened and sexual misconduct, racism, homophobia. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, we, had an episode not too long ago where we were highlighted some, some of the new um, like front office hires for the league specifically um, and they want to continue to, mm -hmm. to bulk up staff at the administrative level for the league you know hiring a chief people and culture officer as well as a player safety officer at the league um, how and and, and what responsibilities those type of roles are going to entail. We might not really learn about until those positions are, are filled or hired. Um, you know, the establishing, you know, of a 
diversity, equity, and inclusion task force um, that's supposed to be focused on all isms and proactive measures to confront and address biases. Yes, an important step, but what does that task force mm -hmm. look like? Who is on it? Again, what does it look like? Who do they do they report to somebody? Who is that? What is the, the role that they're reporting to? Um, what is the, the hierarchy of things um, within that? Because that's all very important to consider when you're um, putting people in those roles as well. Um, because that's a tough, that's always a tough, um, tough place to be in. I mean, so, so often there's additional labor that comes with doing the work of ensuring um, that, that a league or a workplace has uh, policies and protocols and, uh, you know, all kinds of safety measures in place when you're dealing with different isms when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, those are things that I know I'll be paying attention to that we'll be paying attention to. Um, it's a lengthy list of, of next steps. And I, I think that's, that's the phase mm -hmm. that the league finds finds itself in right now that they've got these next steps in front of them and they want to implement them. Um, and I think it's ambitious of them to want to ensure that many of them, if not all of these next steps are implemented by the 2023, the start of the 2023 season. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, this isn't going to be the last of of what, uh, you know, we have to discuss in terms of, uh, you know, what has come out of this report. And um, I think for a lot of a lot of players, you know, current and former that, you know, maybe this is actually finally that first step. There's been a lot of talk about steps, right? Like what's that accountability step, the responsibility aspect, yeah. the, the next steps that comes for, you know, the the, the league or the player association or, or the clubs, right? Um, and I know for just having heard and, and spoke with um, that this maybe sort of finally feels like that actual first step. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get to continue to talk about some of the good things that come out of this because these are these are good things that can, that are going to happen for the league. Like these new roles that they want to hire, these new mm -hmm. roles that they want to implement in, yeah. in the league, these new task force that they want to include um, the, all the vetting processes. I mean, we're talking already about the, the draft a little bit here at attacking third and how that's around the corner in January of 2023. And one of the programs that they want to build to attract and recruit uh, coaches to the NWSL is going to be launched uh, yeah. at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention. So um, there's still a lot of things there that we're going to have to keep an eye on. I think we're just going to continue to encourage everyone to, um, you know, if they haven't already, take their time with the report, space it out if you need to. And uh, just please know that if you need to get updates on things that you can always check back with us here at Attacking Third. That's going to be it for us today on this segment of the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us and joining this morning. Download, follow, listen, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us, too. Subscribe at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And quick reminder before you all leave, please vote for us in the best episode for the Signal Awards. It really means so much to us. Hit the link in the episode description or hit that QR code that you see floating around our heads. We appreciate the support. As always, we'll be back with more for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third.
Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. 